Weddings ish, 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 with Jove. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings Ish with Jove. This episode, we're going to talk all about wedding party responsibilities. That's right, if you're an attendant, meaning a maid of honor, a bridesmaid, a best man, or a groomsman, we're going to lay out all the expectations of what that means. We're also going to talk a little bit about the housewives of Potomac, New York, and Dallas. And we're going to sit down with the lovely, beautiful, talented, smart, and recently married founder of Carrots and Cake, Jess Levin Conroy. Enjoy! Weddings-ish! Being in a wedding party is no small feat. It's super exciting and such an honor to be part of someone's special day, your best friend, your family member, uh, to be standing by their side and support them as they get married to the love of their life is such an honor. But I also just wanted to talk a little bit about what the role and responsibility is for you if you are an attendant in a wedding. We have posted all of this online, jovemeyerevents.com slash podcast. And I do want to say that this is the etiquette of wedding attendants mostly from Emily Post with some comments or edits by myself, Jove Meyer, to bring it up to speed and to make it a little bit more modern. So wedding attendance, i.e. the wedding party, there are some general rules for you that we'll go over and then we'll sort of hit um, position by position. So overall wedding party, make sure you arrive on time or early for all wedding related events. You don't need to add any more stress to the wedding day, so show up early or show up on time. You're also expected to attend the rehearsal dinner, the wedding rehearsal, and any other pre-wedding events that you're invited to, whether you're hosting or a guest. Uh, You're also expected to give an individual gift to the couple or contribute to a group gift from all of you guys. You're expected to assist the couple whenever possible with whatever possible with a smile. So there is no task below you and no task too big for you. You're always there to help and support. And the biggest rule that I added to Emily Post's guide is don't complain or point out things that may not be going perfectly. You're there to support the bride, the bride, the groom, the groom, the bride, the groom, the couple. So do not add stress. And remember, it's not about you. So if something's not going perfectly with your dress or something's not going perfectly with your hair or your shoes or your date or your day, put it on side Take a pause and remember that you're there for this couple. You're there for your best friend. You're there for your family member. And you can put all of your own personal things aside. Um, That's a big one. It's not about you. It's about the couple for this one day. So don't let the little things get carried away. Don't let the minor details that you see that could potentially make the bride or the groom go crazy. Don't point them out. You're not there to add stress. You're there to reduce it. All right, if you're the maid or matron of honor, you help the bride select the bridesmaid's attire, you help organize the bridesmaid's gift to the bride, you make sure the bridesmaids have all of their attire sorted, and their details, meaning uh, their earrings, their shoes, their clutches, all their jewelry. You also hold the groom's ring um, and the bride's bouquet during the ceremony. You're often there to witness the signing of the marriage certificate um, or any other religious documents that the couple may be signing. Uh, You may be asked to offer a toast at the reception. You help the bride change into her second dress or her going away clothes. 
Um, and if you're not actually going to help, it's good just to be in the room. If perhaps um, a family member is going to help or the wedding planner is going to help, but it's good for you to be right there with her, um, making sure all is well. You also assist in hosting or organizing a pre-wedding party. And if you really love the bride, you help address invitations and place cards. If you're a bridesmaid, you attend the bridesmaid luncheon or party, brunch, breakfast, dinner, if there is one. You assist the bride at the reception as requested. It's really important to try to keep one beat ahead of her at all times. Your job is not to hound her and ask her, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? That sort of adds more stress to the day. But your job is to sort of anticipate her needs um, before they arise so that you can be there with water between every two drinks or you can make sure she's eating. Or if people are annoying her, you can make sure there's a signal so they can get away from her. You can scoop her away from an awkward conversation or her ex or whatever it is. Um and contribute to the bridesmaid's gift to the bride and also host a shower, luncheon, or bachelorette party or any other pre-wedding festivities with the bride and the bridesmaids. All right, you best men or best man out there. Um, You coordinate the groomsmen and the ushers' gift to the groom. You also organize the bachelor party for the groom if there is one. Um, You see and make sure that the groomsmen and ushers arrive on time and are dressed ready to go. Um, You instruct the ushers in their role and their responsibility. You also will witness the signing of the marriage license or religious document. Uh, You'll also be asked likely to offer a toast to the couple at the wedding. And you gather and take care of all the groom's clothes. So sometimes at a wedding, the groom may take off his jacket, roll up his sleeves, remove his tie or bow tie or his vest or his shoes. Um, And all those things can sometimes be displayed all over the venue. So your job, alongside with the wedding planner, is to make sure all of that goes home with the groom at the end of the night, especially if it was a rental. Um, And also even especially if it's a purchase suit, because it's a special day, it's a special piece of clothing, and you don't want it to be displayed everywhere or lost or taken or thrown away on accident. Um, If you're a groomsman or an usher, you want to make sure that you attend the bachelor party if there is one, contribute to the usher's gift to the groom, greet the guests and escort them to their seat. So as they arrive, it's a warm welcome. Make sure you know where the bathroom is. Make sure you know if there is a bride side, a groom side, or a bride bride side, or a groom groom side. If there are sides, make sure you're well informed about that. And just sort of, you're the first face of the wedding. So you want to be happy and smiling. And again, whatever's going on in your life, um, that day, that moment, leave it outside the ceremony and come in and give your whole self to the couple, to the family, to the friends. Um, you You also want to know the seating order, meaning if the first row is reserved or the second row is reserved, you just want to make sure that you're in the know about the seating. You'll also hand out programs if the couple has them. Uh, and also you will help guests who need directions to the reception site. So many of these things are listed online, like the direction to the reception site or the direction to the ceremony site. Um, but it's always important to have someone on site to explain as well. So you are the person to know how. And sometimes it's even nice to offer your cell phone or email on the website in case people have any questions day of. You'll be the one that they can go to. So these are the wedding party responsibilities according to Emily Post, an edited version um, with me, Joe Meyer. I hope you found them really helpful. The roles and responsibilities of a wedding party have drastically changed, but I cannot emphasize enough how much this day is not about you. Um, so leave 
everything at the door and bring your whole self to supporting your best friend, your sister, your brother, your family member, whoever it is that's getting married that has asked you to be a part of their wedding in such a special way. Make their life easier, not more complicated. Make the day more beautiful, not more stressful. And just be of service and of kindness and have the best time ever. Weddings-ish! The Real Housewives, my guilty pleasure, and of course, maybe yours too. So we just finished The Real Housewives of Potomac, season one, the ladies of Potomac, the ladies of etiquette, the ladies who are black or mixed or white or all over the place. I mean, there was so much drama in this reunion, mostly based around race and the race of their husbands or boyfriends and divorce. I don't know. I was not the biggest fan of The Real Housewives of Potomac, if I'm being really honest. I wanted to like it. I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to fall in love with another franchise from Bravo, but it just didn't do it for me. It didn't feel authentic. I guess their relationships felt really forced. Somehow, other people disagreed with that because it was picked up for a second season. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Maybe it'll turn around. Maybe it'll improve. Maybe there'll be interesting women on the show. Um, But honestly, I'm not so into it. Real Housewives of Dallas, brand new season, brand new city, brand new girls, honestly, also didn't do anything for me. I wanted to like it. I wanted to be into it. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get into any of their characters. They weren't really likable. Uh, They also weren't really hateable. Not that you should hate anyone, but I feel like, you know, The Housewives is a series of women that you love to hate in like a nice way. And I just felt like they were all duddy. So The Real Housewives of Dallas was a no-go for me. But... The Real Housewives of New York City is heating up. Um, The fat baby John, Dorinda's husband, really showed his true colors this episode. On the most recent episode, they were at a bra party, which is funny because most of them have like itty-bitty titties, except for Ramona and her brand new titties that she got added on after the divorce. So you do you. Get it, girl. Um, But everyone else is so skinny and really, do you need a bra if your boobs are so small? I guess, I don't know for sure. I'm I'm a gay man. I have very little to no experience in the itty bitty titty community. But uh, the party was crazy. John showed up totally drunk or high or both and really made a fool of himself. And I know that I do love Bethany, so I'm a little bit biased, but she's absolutely right. There is something going on under the surface there that Dorinda does not want to confront. John, I don't know. I don't like him. I don't think it's going to end well. I don't think it's going to bode well in terms of their relationship. Or also maybe this is a Bravo tactic. I mean, they really love throwing um, from the Real Housewives of Orange County. They threw him under the bus before. So I wonder if Vicky's ex-boyfriend, you know, he was sort of all the drama surrounding him, Brooks, um, last season got all these ratings. Maybe now they're trying to do the same thing with New York and just really frame um, fat baby John, the dry clean king, to be something, you know, that maybe he's not. I don't know. He doesn't read well for me. He doesn't bode well for me. Um, So I guess we'll see how it unfolds. And then Jules and her beautiful home and watermill with an indoor pool. I mean, that place is insane. It's beautiful. It's huge. 
Um, they are rolling in it. And I also, here she goes again, being Miss Excellent Parent, got to make sure you have chocolate milk and Sour Patch Kids for your children. I mean, really healthy. You get them, girl. You feed in your kids sugar and sugar and high fructose corn syrup. Um, no wonder they're driving you crazy. So we'll see what happens. The next episode, there's supposed to be obviously the explosive argument because all of the party comes together in the Hamptons and no one can seem to behave themselves. Um, and I can't wait to see a little bit more about what's going to happen um, with Sonia and Luann because they haven't really been featured very much. They've sort of been apartment hunting or sort of living together like roommates, but um, I can't wait for the Luann situation to heat up with all of her man drama and her sort of, you know, sleeping around and doing her thing. And again, more power to her. She's a single woman. She should get what she wants to get and enjoy it every step of the way. The last housewife we should talk about is Beverly Hills. The reunion episode just aired, part one of a three-part series, and it's so intense. Um, it's so intense in all the right ways, um, and I really do feel so badly for Yolanda and for her divorce with David Foster because it really seems that it came down to her illness and that because she got sick, their relationship sort of downward spiraled and I just don't feel right about that but she doesn't seem to have any negative feelings about it and she sort of does say candidly that if she didn't get sick they would still be together so I don't know what do you think about that I feel so terrible I feel like it's just not fair it's just not right but also as she said like until you walk in someone else's shoes you can't really know what it's like so Anyways, that's the Real Housewives wrap up. And until next time, see you later. Weddings ish. I couldn't be more excited to be sitting here with the beautiful, smart, funny, talented Jess Levin Conroy, newly Conroy, the founder of Carrots and Cake. How are you? I'm well, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. We met, I'm trying to remember, I think it was at an Entwined event. I think it was with Patricia and Thea. Thea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had a cocktail together. We did. For me, it was love at first sight. Uh I'm like, who's this like sweet blonde girl? (laughs) Also from California. Yes. Also from SoCal. Exactly. So SoCal sisters. (laughs) Love it. Um, So I saw your dog. I just want to talk about her because she's so beautiful. (laughs) What kind of dog is she? So she's a mini golden doodle. She was actually a wedding present for my husband. Oh my gosh. He's Mm -hmm. a good man. He really is. Her name is Wolfie Conroy. Okay. I I didn't see... So you got her at the wedding? No, we got her um, about four weeks ago. Okay. But about three weeks before the wedding, he was like, surprise. And I was like, no, 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 we can't have a puppy three weeks before the wedding. (laughs) You're like, wedding planning is right now. (laughs) So then we actually got her about a month ago. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I do want to talk all about your wedding, but first I want to talk about you and carrots and cake. Okay. So what is carrots and cake for the people out there who do not know? So carrots and cake is actually a resource for the best in class wedding businesses. And what we do is we strategically work with companies inside the industry to help enhance the way they do business. And that includes everything from the way they think about their brands digitally to the way they're invoicing their clients to how they're thinking about the future. And for us, it's really about helping businesses be just as smart on the inside as they are beautiful on the outside. Oh, wow. I mean, you've never said that before, obviously. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> so perfectly delivered. Um, so that seems like a total step above a lot of these other sort of wedding vendor websites that exist out there. I think for us, the focus is really business first. That's kind of always been our passion. My uh-huh. background's in venture capital, so I candidly love entrepreneurs. I sure. love talking with business owners and hearing people's stories. And that was really the opportunity, the hole that we saw inside the industry where so many companies were super focused on the end user being the couple. And while that's still incredibly important, as we all know, Mm -hmm. it's also just as important to think about the businesses that are powering the industry. And so everything we do, our lens is always filtered through is this actually going to help the businesses inside the industry? And how do we make sure that what we're doing continues to empower the people that are actually driving the business? That's fascinating. I don't know that I even knew that. <laughs> Has this been an evolution from the founding to today, or has that always been the mission? It's always been the focus. Okay. Um, I, For us in the beginning, though, when you're building a brand, you know, you have to start with baby steps. Yeah. And so we really started really with just putting up real weddings. We didn't even have vendor profiles when we first went live about three years ago. But we saw an opportunity to kind of build upon this natural ecosystem that's all about featuring great work and Mm -hmm. putting work out there, but just putting a little bit of a different lens on that. Uh And that by putting great work out there, it would give us access to the businesses and then in turn really allow us to understand what people actually needed inside the space. And we were super lucky early on that a couple really great businesses predominantly photographers bought in, shared their work with us and helped spread the word and the dialogue. Got it. That's amazing. Yeah. I remember when you guys first started, it was sort of revolutionary because you were accepting weddings that had been featured elsewhere. And a lot of blogs don't do that. They have this exclusivity. They don't, you know, mm-hmm. no, we, we want to be the only people to feature it. Right. But you were sort of happy to feature beautiful work regardless. Right. Because which, we, we think about it much more as like a network. Got it. So that concept where it's not about news, like our business isn't to be a media platform. Sure. Where if you think about it, if you're a true blog, then you're media and your concept is to show what's first, what's new. And that's how your business is built. Sure. Where we're much more about being a resource. Uh-huh. And so with that concept, it's less about having what's new. The other thing that's interesting that we saw as kind of an opportunity is that you have a new consumer every 12 to 18 months. And so because yeah. of that, something that's been published a year ago. Is people- new to them. Exactly. Interesting. I had never thought of it like that, but that's absolutely right. Because Mm -hmm. once you're married, I think you unfollow or you're not as interested in the wedding world as the months leading up to it. Right. So you have new client base every, every few months or years. And it gives the opportunity for the work to live on because some of your best work might not have been in your past season. Yeah. Whether it's your best work from the ideal clientele or other businesses you want to collaborate with. And the number one driver of purchase decision when it comes to couples at the top of the market is they want to see more real weddings Hmm. and they want to see weddings that they can relate to, whether that's relate to from envision themselves as the couple in that Uh wedding aesthetically or relate to because they're also going to be married at that property or they've already used that photographer. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. And I also love it because... I mean, more and more couples are like, so Joe, where are we getting published? (laughs) Or sort of like publishing a wedding validates their choices in hiring their vendors or in the design that we made. Mm -hmm. But there's something really special about the fact that a couple can submit a wedding to Carrots and Cake and, you know, see it live somewhere other than in their own mind or in their own computer, which is super great. Right. And you sort of, for me, were a game changer in vendor recognition, I think. 
Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. I mean, as a planner, usually we're the last person mentioned in any publication. Usually 99% of the power goes to the photographer because it's their images. Um, but your little icons mm-hmm. um, on your site make it super easy and clear as to who did what. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's also helpful for couples because you lay it out beautiful pictures and evenly credited all vendors. Right. Well, the focus, it goes back to that focus of the businesses where Mm -hmm. you have, if you want inspiration or you want to just see pretty images, there's a ton of resources out there. And for us, you know, as I love David Beam always says this, stay in your lane. For us, it's always been, we're going to stay in our lane and our lane isn't to show great inspiration. Our lane is to show the businesses behind the inspiration you love. So to foster this behavior that's far less about let me pin that to my Pinterest board and then mm-hmm. take it to somebody else and, and have ask them, them to copy it. Right. But how about I can seamlessly be inspired by the people I can actually hire? Yeah. So that's where the vendor recognition comes in is yeah. you love those flowers. Don't pin that image. Call that florist. Yeah. You love the way that whole wedding looks. Call don't those pin people. It. Call those people. Yeah. Call that planner. This is what they do. Yep. Which is absolutely the best way to do it. It's always funny to me when a couple, you know, you get the Pinterest wedding and they send you all these images. And some of them I recognize. They're friends in the industry that do it. And they're like, I want this. I want the flowers this way. And I want this person to do it. And my response is like, well, that's not what they're good at. That's not their specialty. Oh, but they can do it. Well, of course they can do it. But we could also just hire the person that does this really well, that specializes in this style really well. Right. Um, So I love that you have that ability to sort of do that. That's super exciting. Right. Well, the hope is that it also fosters more creativity because the more couples hire people that they trust based Mm -hmm. on an aesthetic, the more opportunity it gives the people participating to actually deliver something that's special. Yeah, and as unique. A, right, as opposed to just creating sort of a cookie-cutter experience, yeah. which is a little bit what's going on in the consumer base right now. Yeah, or just recreating what people already love, mm-hmm. which is sort of no fun for anyone. Bec- I mean, I guess it's your wedding, and so you don't really care about other people's weddings, and it's your friend group, so recreating it. But for me, there's no fun in that. And I think you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head that a vendor thrives when you trust what they do, you love what they do, and you give them the freedom to be themselves, mm-hmm. then that new picture that's going to go crazy on Pinterest appears because they're doing something totally fresh and unique. Right. So carrots and cake. I was thinking about this on the way over, and for some reason I went to like a carrot and a cake, <laughs> and I thought of carrot cake, but I'm sure that's not the meaning behind the name. Where did it come from? So it's carrots actually the way diamonds, diamonds. are spelled. Yeah. And so, I got that eventually, by the way. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and so originally when we first came up with the concept, I was in business school and my co-founder and I were playing around with a working title and we sat there and we were like, well, really on the front end, it's going to start with a carrot. Like that's the, mo- the moment you get engaged, engagement. you start thinking about it or you're starting looking at engagement rings before you get married. Yeah. And then the last piece is the cutting of the cake. Mm. And so it was kind of that concept of like soup to nuts. Start Here's to where, finish. you know, the best businesses are. And so that was how the name came. It's so cute. Yeah. And I love that it's not hyper bridally. It's not like the colors are super neutral in mm-hmm. terms of the design of the site and the branding, like black and white, mm-hmm. as opposed to like pink or blue or right. fuchsia. Well, and that was, so we had this, and you can probably see it, we had this sort of what Dean and DeLuca has done when you walk into their stores mm-hmm. or what J. Crew has done where the products really, they take the limelight. Yeah. And so that was kind of our concept with the brand is that going back to the businesses, 
the work should be what you see. And yeah. so for us, we're a background. So it's that it's phrase and what exactly keeping it super subtle. And we also wanted it to appeal to such a broad audience, knowing mm-hmm. now that more and more couples plan together, you yeah. know, boy, girl, it doesn't really matter. You know, we hear from so many of our clients that the couples, the groom is more involved than the bride is. Yeah. And then also with, you know, same sex marriage, we didn't want something that felt like it was for one audience only. Sure. Because everyone should get married. Exactly. <laughs> we want everyone to find love and everyone to be Everyone married. deserves a dream wedding. That's right. Oh, I can't wait for mine one day. <laughs> um, let's talk about your dream wedding. I saw a few sneak peeks on Instagram mm-hmm. and we had coffee just before your wedding. Right. You were so calm and collective. Tell me everything. Where were you married? How did it happen? Were you a bridezilla? <laughs> So I wasn't. We got married in Southern California, a couple mm-hmm. minutes from where I grew up. In, in Laguna Beach. Exactly. Oh, I love Laguna Beach. Yeah. And it's actually, we got married on the cliff overlooking where my husband proposed. Oh my gosh. Which was really romantic. We had about a hundred people and I subscribed to the advice I give people where I hired the best, in my opinion, one of the best wedding planners in the industry. Okay. Who no offense taken. Not exactly. <laughs> who transcends... You know, the notion of, in my mind, what full service is from event design, yeah. you know, all the way through. And I trusted her and her team and the businesses that they brought together. And we were guests at our wedding. You know, we yeah. really had only really one or two design meetings. Yeah. I didn't meet a ton of people. I met with one florist. I yeah. called one photographer. And that was um, it. And that was it. And it was an enjoyable process. We also only had a six-month engagement, which I think was great. Yeah. Because then you are forced to make decisions. You don't have time to flip-flop and change your mind over yeah. the course of a year or two. Exactly. And I think for us, really, what we wanted is we wanted it to feel like us, Mm -hmm. but we wanted it to also be about everyone that was coming together to have, you know, a hundred of the people that you care most about in one room is really special and really a once in a lifetime experience. And that was what it was all about. And we wanted that to be the focus. Sure. And so the aesthetics were given granted, you know, Geller events and her team worked with Revelry event design and the floor. I mean, I can't even start to name everybody. It was, unbelievable what they did but beyond that the feeling that they helped create was pure magic yeah which is exactly what you want yeah so did you go into it like because you're in the industry like how did you put the brakes on or how did you sort of you know what I mean I feel like if I were to get married I don't know if I'd be cuckoo banana I don't know because I know this is my world this is our, our our universe yeah I think so I think when you see so much, you start to get, it's that thing where I've, I've asked, I have a really big sweet tooth. Um, and Same. so, okay. <laughs> and so it's that thing where if I worked in a candy shop, I probably wouldn't like candy as much because at Got some it. point you would get tired of it or yeah. disillusioned, if you will. And so with our own wedding, you know, you'd seen a lot of things. So you definitely wanted something different. And so I think going back to that concept of hiring the right people mm-hmm. and, we didn't use Pinterest. There were no... At all, I was going to ask. You yeah. didn't have an inspiration no, board? there's no inspiration board. Wow. We said we wanted it to feel like Southern California uh-huh. for the ceremony, and we wanted it to feel like we brought the outdoors in inside, yeah. and we didn't want it to feel like a wedding. Yep. We didn't want it to feel like a ballroom, yep. and we really just wanted people to have fun. You know, my husband and I really, we served mini burgers and sliders and french fries table side. To keep it casual, yeah. yeah. And 
but still had super formal. And so we wanted that kind of a feeling. So yeah. it was less about, you know, we want flowers to look exactly like this. Yeah. Like we didn't ever have those kind of that conversations. Conversation. Granted, anyone that knows me, I don't really do color. Yeah. <laughs> um, so As she's yes. wearing all black for the <laughs> yes. record. And so things were all white and grays and muted, but we did a welcome fiesta on Friday night. Which was colorful. Which was super colorful and a big departure from which Saturday Which was great night, because which was then so fun. the opposite, the contrast is super lovely. Yeah. And I think the thing is like going back to that idea of trusting the people you work with, I still look at photos and I'm like, oh my God, we had that. And that makes it so yeah. special because you're not overly concerned with the execution or yeah. the details because you trust the people you've hired to think about that above yeah. and beyond what you could imagine. Yeah. And so you just get to focus on the fact that like, this is the beginning of the rest of your life. And all and the people that are there, exactly. I mean, a hundred of your closest friends and family. It's, it was pure magic. Surreal. I, yeah. I, I tell my husband, I'm like, you better start saving. We're doing this again. I was going to ask if you were like, would you like to do that again? Yeah, exactly. Like an I'm anniversary like, party or a yeah, 10 year 10 celebration. Years. I don't need, I don't really need to walk down the aisle again, sure. but I would definitely, love to have all those people in one room yeah it was really special the power of a wedding is super incredible there's not many things in the world that people will drop what they're doing purchase a ticket and give up half a week or a week to come and celebrate it's sort yeah. of really such a powerful beautiful thing do you look at your business differently now that you are married as opposed to doing it before when you were engaged or just dating um Definitely from the business perspective, mm -hmm. I would say there were certain things where we would talk to some of the businesses we worked with. And as I'm a big advocate for streamlining payments and using technology to enhance yeah. the way you do business. And there were a couple businesses we worked with that were like, we only take checks. And I was like, what? Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and so from that perspective, there was a little bit more validation on around, yeah. you know, there's something interesting going on here. You know, the fact that we live in 2016 now, and everything I do is digitally. I pay yeah. everything on my phone. Sure. Yet, here I am getting married, spending vast amounts of money, and people are asking me if I have a checkbook, and I couldn't even tell you the last time I wrote <laughs> last a check. Last time you wrote a check. And so sure. that was an interesting thing. And then also, I think the other thing that people don't take into consideration that I saw firsthand, and I was lucky that I had a mentor inside the industry tell me this, that... At a certain level, regardless of what your budget is, because regardless of how much money you're spending, every client, whether it's a million dollars, $200,000, or $25,000, there's a number that everybody's comfortable spending. Sure. And within that number, you have to make decisions. Yep. And you're going to be realistic about, for the most part, after you've met with somebody, yeah. you, eventually a client will be realistic about their expectations and what they're getting. And so then it's a matter of choosing someone to work with and choosing a team to work with. It's not just about the output, but also the process. Sure. And I think that, you know, I was lucky that someone said that to me that, hey, Jess, at any level, every business that you're thinking about working with, yeah. it, it's all going to be beautiful. It's all going to be great. But They're going to do a great job. Pick the, It's going to be emotional. Pick the people that are going to be on this journey with you that you feel yeah. the closest to because that's part of the process. And it is a journey. I mean, the meetings, the phone calls, the trusting, you're building mini relationships. Yeah. With people. Yeah. And it's not, it's also not just about you. And I think that's something that like we were really aware of, even with the decisions where my husband was super supportive and he was like, this is your world. Whoever you think we're supposed to work with, I'm on board. I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> um, 
but I still wanted him to feel comfortable. Of course. And so, you know, thinking about that and also, you know, thinking about my father and like the fact that like he was going to be talking to people. And so you're not just hiring someone for you. Like who's going to take care of, you know, your family and the blending of the families in the best way possible. That's so amazing. I love that you're so in love with your wedding. (laughs) Yeah. What? That's the dream. That's what, you know, as a planner, I'm happy to hear. And also I think being in the industry, it's so happy to hear. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your background. You went to Harvard. I went to UPenn undergrad. Okay. And then I went to Stern for business school. Stern. Why did I think you went to Harvard? Just same thing. Like Elle Woods, Harvard. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're just the giving me that hair. legally blonde. Um, I love it. so you went to school and tell me about the process of that, what you did in undergrad, grad school and how we ended up where we are today. So I was an economics and Spanish major in Wait, undergrad. What? Economics and Spanish? Mm-hmm. Because you're from California because, or you just... Because from I'm California. I started speaking Spanish at an early age and I okay. loved the language. Yeah. Um, I also love finance okay. and numbers. And so it was a nice blend of being able to take art courses and learn another language yeah. as well as, you know, get into the nitty gritty of, you know, supply and demand yeah. and accounting. <laughs> so, which is kind of sums up my personality in general. And after business school or after undergrad, I spent a year working in retail for Lord and Taylor in their buying and training program. Got it. Loved your fashion sense. Yep. Loved it. Learned a ton. And most importantly learned that I was not cut out for the big corporate world. Yeah. And I somehow landed a job working in venture capital okay. for a firm that invested in luxury consumer products. And venture capital is people that raise money for startups mm-hmm. or give you invest, money to startups. Yep, you okay. invest in startups. Um, I watch Shark Tank, so that's my only. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's all exactly, I know. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so I spent three and a half years investing in luxury consumer goods. Okay. Loved it. Still love every minute of it. And... Decided to go back to business school and with every intention of going back to my firm, mostly because there's not a whole lot of women inside the venture space right yeah. now. And I never had any real formal financial training. A lot of people inside the venture space either come from business school or they've started their own company or they come from an investment background. Yeah. And so I just wanted to check that box and was sitting in business school, which is where I met my husband actually. Okay. But I started the thinking about the company before we were even dating, which when he came over to my apartment and saw wedding magazines everywhere and didn't run. <laughs> he didn't I freak knew, out? I knew he was a keeper. That's um, <laughs> crazy. I feel like I go on dates and I'm like trying to figure out if I should lie to men and be like, oh, I, you know, I'm an event designer or yeah. I work in corporate events because I'm like, oh, I'm a wedding planner. And I feel like their body <laughs> language changes. They like turn a little white in the face. He didn't run away. He didn't run away. Okay. Um, and I think part of it was because we were doing a case study on the diamond industry. Got it. And Which is not how you normally approach the wedding industry. <laughs> exactly. And I was looking at it from, there's half a million local businesses. No one's paying attention. And I was like, this is not dissimilar from venture where there's an opportunity to invest inside these businesses sure. where with venture capital, you invest money. And here it's about investing resources and time. Yep. Um, and so instead of going back to my venture firm, I wrote the business plan for carrots and cake and we launched seven months after I graduated from business school. Oh my gosh. And here we are. That's three crazy. And, three and a half years later. That's insane. Yeah. What is the biggest takeaway you've learned from starting your own business, running your own business, and be, I mean, being successful in your own business? Every day is a new day. Okay. Um, and I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's my old boss, um, Inventor, who's still a big mentor to me, Chris Birch, 
he, about six months into working with him, he said something to me and he said, you're the most difficult employee I've ever had. You, you shouldn't really be working for people. And at first I was hurt. And then I realized it was the best compliment he had ever given me. Sure. And we joke about it now where what it really meant was you have the ability to go do something on your own. Yeah. The chutzpah. Right. And at the end of the day, you can spend your life building someone else's dreams or you can build your own dreams. Yeah. And I think that going back to that thing I first said is every day is a new day. As anybody knows who runs a company, big, small team inside a larger company, every op- every day is a new opportunity. And mm-hmm. you know, some days you're going to win and some days you're going to lose. And you hope that the wins outpace the losses sure. and you focus on the wins and you never stop learning. And yeah. that's, I think, what it is. And I think that success is a constant roller coaster. Like you never, I think the best people, you never actually get there. Like you look at an Elon Musk, um, who's the founder of Tesla and he's created uh-huh. electric cars, but he's not stopping there. No. You know, it's, you know, what's next or a Steve yeah. Jobs and those are great prolific people, but taking it down to us, it's, you never stop going. And yeah. every day is a new day. It's a new opportunity to learn, a new opportunity to move forward. Sure. Do you, like, what's the vision for Carrots and Cake long-term? Or are you sort of going to just continue your business model and grow your base and invest in businesses? Or is there a bigger picture moving forward? Um, I think part of what you said is continuing to invest in the businesses and realize what they need. And then bigger picture for us is continuing to push that vision forward. So Mm -hmm. continuing to build out resources that really empower the best-in-class businesses. I mean, right now we're really focused on those top of market businesses because uh-huh. that's where my background lends itself to. I By under- top of market, you mean luxury market? Yeah, okay. and players and luxury gets such a bad rep in some ways. Uh-huh. But for us, it's talking about businesses that have the luxury to work with a discerning clientele or clients that have the luxury, luxury to make in a, different way. a purchase decision based on something other than how cheap can I get this done? Which, as we all know, sometimes that's just a mindset. Yep. And so we really focus on those businesses that aren't so much thinking about selling a commodity, but are selling something that's special. And so we continue to focus on those businesses and really try to understand what the pain points are, what the opportunities are, while also understanding that it is a really offline business. There's such a ceremonious aspect to this industry. So it's not about disrupting mm-hmm. as a, much as it is about enhancing the way people do business. Yeah, which makes sense. And I think it's a it's a funny thing when vendors on the back end are bad at business, but good at what they do. Yep. So there's totally a market. And I was confirming recently all the vendors for a wedding a couple weeks ago. And I remind all the vendors, we'd love to have all the payment done in advance. Right. We don't want the mom writing a check on the wedding day or bringing you cash. Right. And it was so fascinating to me how many vendors were like, really? Why not? <laughs> like, and they just like didn't get it. And so I find that sometimes when a human being is really good at something in the creative world, sometimes the business skill is lacking. And while the passion is there, they may not know about like invoicing or accounting or sort of like how to do the basic things of business. Right. And so for you, that's just what you do naturally. I mean, like you've learned it, you're an expert. And so you're expanding that to people who may be needing help in that area. Right. That's pretty amazing. Thank and I you. think it's big of vendors to sort of say, I need the help and to take the risk and the jump, but the reward is there sort of in the long-term game. If they up their game, then they can up their clients. Right. Hmm. I like that. That sounds interesting. <laughs> um, have you, you've been at Bridal Fashion Week this I week. Have. 
Um, who's your favorite designer? Um, so many shows. I've never been, but Instagram, I literally turn off for a week <laughs> because it's like wedding dress, wedding dress, wedding dress, wedding dress, wedding dress. Yeah, I really, I loved Peter Coping's designs for Oscar. I thought they were beautiful, beautiful, okay. beautiful. Um, and I also, I mean, I'm always a big fan of Carolina. Um, yep. Yep. And Monique's show is beautiful. Um, and then I wore Mira Zwillinger at well, my own that's wedding. That's where I was going to get to, your wedding yeah, dress. Yeah, so I wore Mira Zwingler. I think that her designs are very fresh. I love her aesthetic. Um, and I wore Imbaljor on Friday night. So okay. those are some personal favorites. But I love, I love anything right now that feels a little bit iconic, but has like a little breath of fresh air. Okay. So sort of classic with a twist. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Is that what you were seeing on the runway as what's coming back or what they're pushing? Yeah, because I think that we, I think we went far with the color um, and texture and cuts. Mm-hmm. And I think now we're coming back to people want to feel a little bit timeless. It's kind mm-hmm. of that Audrey Hepburn or Grace Kelly or yeah. whatever that is. You know, you want to look at your photos, and I can't take credit for this, but Debbie Geller said this that. You don't want to look at your photos and say, that's how we did things. You kind of want to be able to look at your photos and still think they were beautiful and hmm. still feel beautiful. And yeah. if you look at even like Jackie Kennedy's garden wedding, yeah. however many years later that was, and it still is beautiful yeah. as opposed to you look at some other weddings with like the huge sleeve yeah. or whatever that is. <laughs> You know, and they definitely were of the a, time. exactly, definitely a fashion statement. And so I think that more and more, and you're even seeing it on the runways as well, that in people are going a little bit more classic. You know, that a little bit more kind of Americana, where you don't necessarily want to feel like you're wearing your mother's wedding dress sure. or someone's wedding dress from ten years ago. Yeah, but you also don't want to feel like you're wearing something that's like here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, timeless. Mm-hmm. I guess that's right. Sort of the pendulum swinging back in that way. Mm-hmm. But then I guess my question is, where is it going to swing to next? That's sort of the... Who knows? Who knows? That's the fashion house's problems, not ours. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely correct. We just sort of sit and wait and watch. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been absolutely so lovely. Um, and I want to let everyone know you can follow them at Carrots and Cake on Instagram, mm-hmm. at Carrots and Cake. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can check out all of their beautiful work on their website, carrotsandcake.com. And I look forward to having our doggy play date. Your puppy's so cute. Oh, thanks, Joe. And All thanks right. so much for having me. Absolutely. Be well. Weddings-ish. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have any feedback or you want to hear about any particular wedding planning advice or anything uh, you want us to talk about, make sure to send us an email, podcast at jovemeyerevents.com or tweet us at jovemeyer. Follow us on Instagram at jovemeyer and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash jovemeyerevents. We want to hear what you're loving. We want to hear what you want to hear more of. And also, if you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us. We would love a five-star rating and a review. Every great rating is truly appreciated. Until next time. Weddings-ish. The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish.